Did you know that you can have peaceful and productive relationships in all areas of your life? How are your relationships with your creator, with yourself, with your children, with your partner? My name is Nina Spina. I'm a family community counselor and I'm a certified positivity practitioner. I've been a parent educator and a family supporter for the past 20 years. In this time, I have gathered an amazing amount of information about what works in parenting, healthy communication, and relationships. You know what else I have found? A whole bunch of nonsense that doesn't. It pulls us away from our God-given purpose to connect with others and heaps a whole bunch of mama guilt after utilizing it. What I want to do is connect you to the great resources that are evidence-based and trauma-informed to the be of the mama who can lay her head down at night and sleep. A wife who knows she is loving in a true, authentic, godly way. For a survivor who doesn't want to just survive in life, but thrive in relationships. Come join me as I share with you stories, resources, and books that I have found to help me up-level my parenting, relationships, especially the relationship with my God and myself. If you're willing to join me, go grab a drink, mix it up, and lend me your ear. We're going to have a laugh, maybe a good cry together, and walk away from this with a little more hope that the next interaction with those we love is going to be a little more love-filled than the last one. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is my first Zoom Masterclass on Parenting, and I'm super excited to be here and sharing with you today. I've been certified in teaching these PACS tools through community education certification, and I'm super excited to be sharing. In case you don't know who I am, my name is Nina Spina, and I've been training and learning about PACS tools and the other tools that I'm going to share with you today for about over 20 years. I have a bachelor's degree in human development and family studies with an emphasis on growth and development from birth to young adults. I have a master's degree in complementary alternative medicine, including coaching on motivation. I'm now certified in being a positivity practitioner coach, try to say that fast, and I'm in a master coach mentorship. Why does all this matter? I've done the research. I've read the books. I've taken the classes. I've learned what does and what doesn't work regarding parenting. So today we're going to start off with a question, and it would be amazing if you guys could interact in the chat, but if that's not realistic, depending on where you are, that's okay too. But I brought this little backpack. It's my daughter's. It's your favorite. And what I would like to know is when your child leaves home, what would you like to have in their backpack? What tools would you like to have? I'm going to give everybody a second to see if they want to chime in. Also, if anybody brought a friend, I am giving a drawing away for a $25 Amazon gift card. Anybody who brought a friend, I'll put your name in a drawing. So if you're not able to put something in the chat, just reply to my email. You, I'm sure you got a few today to remind you of this and let me know that you brought a friend and then we'll put you in a drawing for that gift card. So anyway, let's move on. So some of the things that I put when I was looking at what I would like to have in my child's backpack when they leave home is I would like them to have love, to feel cared for, to be able to do self-care, to be consistent, to be resilient, to be able to solve problems, to have a sense of humor, to have grit, 
So write down on a piece of paper, if you have it, things that you would like to put in your kid's backpack when they leave the house. So as I said, for me, um, love, consistent care, routine, being able to have happy memories, a sense of humor, being resilient, having grit. These are all things that we would like to have in our kid's backpack, right? And so what we want to think about is what do our kids today have that they're carrying around in their backpack? So just while I'm talking, be thinking about that, and we'll move on to the next thing. So a bunch of the things that I'm going to be sharing today are from PAC schools. So here's a picture of the PAC schools. And I have been training and teaching parenting for over 20 years. And I have to say that far none have I found more effective um, PAC schools. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the Beat the Timer. So the great thing about Beat the Timer is it goes hand in hand with my favorite PAC tool, which is a mystery motivator. So the idea behind Beat the Timer is that Young people get to focus and stay on task to the finish without using, without getting blocked and learn how to block out distractions. So think about if you work in any sort of field with a deadline. I know for me, I work in uh, behavioral health and we have deadlines. We have certain times that we have to have paperwork in. We have certain times that we have deadlines for like major paperwork deadlines for notes, we have things that we have to have done. And I'm telling you, like, actually, today is a really good example of that. If anybody knows um, what today is, today is the deadline for taxes, right? So that's a pretty major deadline. And what do we do when we have a timer, right? We wait until the last minute. So the beat the timer helps kids to focus, especially those who tend to dawdle. Do we have any kids who might send a dottle in here, get distracted, be disruptive, or unengaged? So when you use the Beat the Timer for activities, chores, and lessons, particularly for ones that aren't going smoothly, then this helps children to cooperate, clear standards, provide safety, comfort, and predictability. Remember with Beat the Timer that you want to praise the progress. So you want to select an activity that you're having challenge with. Like the first time that I did it, I, it's evening routine, right? So we would have high emotional response. Sometimes we would have tears. Bedtime routine would take way longer than we would like it to. That was our first goal. So the first thing that you do with Beat the Timer is you have to provide clear instructions. So for my daughter, it was that we are going to um, get pajamas on, brush teeth, mouthwash, pick out books, and she gets a little supplement and applesauce at night. And so those things are all going to be done. And if she beats the timer, then she gets a mystery motivator, which is my favorite pack school. I can't wait to tell you about it. So anyway, the beat the timer, the first few times that you do it, probably for the first few times, good amount of time, depending on the age of your child, you're going to do it with them. So you're going to beat the timer right with them. You're going to be right next to them helping them get their pajamas. You're going to be right there with their toothpaste. You're going to be doing all the things. So then as they get better at it, then they can start doing it on their own. But the goal is not punishment. The goal is not the consequence. The goal is to make it fun and see how fast we can get, you know, before the beat the timer. I have to be honest with you. When I first learned about this tool, I was really nervous. Anna didn't love timers. And it was something I did with Jeffrey and she didn't love them. So I really had to sell the mystery motivators, which comes next. 
so that she would be more bought into Visa Timer. But she loved it, and she still loves it. And so the reason why she loves it so much is because the mystery motivator helped jumpstart motivation to complete tasks, and they're done in a fun way, and they're done without costing you money. So this isn't a bribe. This isn't a sticker chart that you have to keep up with so that lots of people have to keep up like a project. That's not what this is. The goal behind a mystery motivator is that it's done in real time. And because it's done in real time and they get immediate results, then they're able to improve the tasks that they accomplish. They can get behaviors done that they see more often. So mystery motivators utilize the brain's natural reward-seeking instinct by providing positive reinforcement for desirable or favorable activities. So it's right after you beat the timer, you're going to do it. And I remembered when I was in training, I was so excited about it. And I was like, oh, yay, we're going we're gonna to do a mystery motivator after we beat the timer, right? And so we do this mystery motivator, and it's jumping jacks. She wants to do jumping jacks. And I'm so excited. Yeah, let's do jumping jacks. So we set our timer for two minutes, and she does jumping jacks, and it's wonderful. We cheer. We go on to read books and go to bed, and everything's great. And I go into my training the next day, and I'm all proud of myself, right? Like, I used the mystery motivators last night. I know what I'm doing. I am so excited. And my trainer was like, and you did the mystery motivator with her, right? Oh, no. I'm not doing jumping jacks. My babies. I'm not doing jumping jacks. So needless to say, I learned that the part of the mystery motivator is the community. We're bringing together parents and children. We're bringing together an activity so that we can successfully do the mystery motivator. So anyway, that's my favorite. So let's talk about mystery motivators for a second. So a mystery motivator is a fun activity and you get to pick what that activity is. The cool part about the PAX tools is that they come with a free app and you can download the app and then customize it to your family. And so Great mystery motivators. In our house, we love playing beach ball. We do that. We'll pretend it's a soccer ball and play it. Anna loves this one. It's called a snowball fight. So in the mystery motivator, they crumple up paper and do a snowball fight. We actually had a bunch of um, socks too big for her for when she had a pick line. And so we rolled those up, and those are our snowball fight socks. We have done the airplanes. She loves the music party. She loves this or that. And so it randomly pulls up one. You can customize it. So like, I'm not going to have a picnic with my daughter at 10 o'clock at night. How about you? So we're not going to have that in our mystery motivator for bedtime. And that's another really cool thing. So being able to engage, I always set a timer. So two to three minutes, that's how long we play. When the timer goes off, it's done. And then we go on to our evening routine, which for us is reading books. So that's the mystery motivators. I love the, the depth of motivators they come up with, like sing a silly song or play music or make faces. How fun is it to make silly faces with each other, right? So there's just a whole lot of options as far as mystery motivators. The next thing that we're going to talk about is two different goal sheets. And I really, really love these because I know that we have parents of all ages on here. So this one is called a shared vision, and this one is called a shared goal. And so the idea behind these is that too often, who directs the rules, right? We do. 
And so what we want is our kids to be on the same page, but we also want to make sure that we have clear expectations and that we are working with our kids to develop clear, consistent language and eliminate confusion. So shared vision is great when expectations might not have been met or when a problem arises from the past. It might include bedtime. It might include going places. It might include a curfew. It might include how you're going to use your screen time. Shared vision is flexible. It can be done formally with a chart or in a quick conversation. But make sure on your chart right here that on the top half of your chart, see it says, see, hear, do, feel, right? On the top half, we want to have two of what we do want to see, feel, hear, do of. And on the bottom half, we only want to have one of what we want to see less of. So more on the top, less on the bottom, and a two to one, okay? And that helps kids to see what they can do versus what they can't do. It's a really powerful tool to help kids feel ownership over their behaviors, but also to be able to um, get a productive outcome for everybody. Um, a great time to do a shared vision or a mystery motivator is in in uh, family meetings. So one of the things that I love doing is family meetings. And so what you would do in a family meeting is bring together, everybody come together. Everybody sit down and talk about compliments and how to do the week. What's been trouble? What's not been trouble? You know, what is, what has not been going well? What has been going well? So the shared vision is great because you're building community. The problem is sitting out on the table, not the people sitting out on the table. Okay. So, so often when we have a problem, it is the who is um who is doing it right so it could be our teenager it could be our six-year-old whoever's you know sort of making the most noise this way everybody comes together and says what's going well what is the problem that we need to solve how can we solve it what are all different kinds of solutions and then what we can do and so that's where the shared vision board comes in really handy and then the other one that I love talking about is the PACS goal. And the reason why I love talking about the PACS goal is that you can take it and you can break it down into small identifiable steps. So the first is, what is your PACS goal? The second one is, how will reaching this goal be better? So what's the point? Why are we setting the goal, right? And then the third one is who can you who can give you support in this goal? Who's going to be a support to you reaching this goal, right? Because too often we don't think about who's going to be a support, right? And then right here is what could make this goal difficult? What could make this goal hard? And then number five is what will you need to do more of to reach this goal? So what things do you need to do more of and what things do you do less of? And then what steps will you take to reach this goal? So in this little box right here, what action steps? What are the things that you are going to need to do to reach this goal? And then the last step, how are you going to monitor your progress? How will you know when you reach the goal? So I really love this tool. It's a great tool to help goal setting. Even if you're not a parent and you're an adult, it's a great goal to help set for goal setting. So that was the second goal setting that I wanted to share with you guys today. The next thing that I wanted to talk about is 
the importance of what is the difference between punishment and discipline. Why are we even here today? I'm a firm believer in positive discipline, which means that children need to have a connection before correction. They need to have reinforcement. Things need to be going well. So what we need to understand quickly is what's the difference between punishment and discipline? So too often, words are often used interchangeably, right? Discipline, guidance, punishment, it's all the same. But discipline is a positive method. Discipline actually means teaching a child self-control, confidence, and responsibility. The key to positive discipline is teaching a child what behavior is okay and what behavior is not okay. The focus is on what children are expected and allowed to do. It includes catching kids being good and encouraging appropriate behavior. It also includes modeling appropriate behavior. If we want our kids to do it, right, we need to be doing it too. Punishment is quite different from discipline. Punishment may be physical as in spanking, hitting, or causing pain. It may be psychological as in disapproval, isolation, or shaming. Punishment focuses on past misbehavior and offers little or nothing to help a child behave better in the future. When punishment is used, the person who is punished, who punishes a child becomes responsible for the child's behavior. And that's one of the things when I'm working with parents, I really try to bring up 